0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Oh, it's a goal! Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Bonjour et bienvenue à Who Got the Assist? Je m'appelle Tom, et parce que je suis à Montpellier pour le pod, aujourd'hui, je parlerai en français. Aussi, je suis rejoin par Nick. The return on the terre, Lucy, and on vacances. Nous avons beaucoup de vins. Here soir, on mariage, Nick, j'ai eu un grand gai de bois ce matin. Oh, just about recovered now. You're right, mate. Good trip back. Have fun last night. Bonsoir,
0: Tom. Yep. Um, all good here, apart from the early start to to fly back this morning. Uh, French weddings do go on late. so hardly had any sleep at all, just we try fatigue but uh, did make it back in time to catch the Spurs Forest game which was an exciting one um yeah who got this assist? you can find us on twitter tom on the main accounts at wgta underscore fpl uh, the absent lucy still on holiday um at lucy Heint, two t's and myself at wgta underscore nick so yeah it's a quick turnaround for the pod today so We'll just be covering the usual part two, which is the game week reviews, mini league update, market forces and the Q&A. Um, so quite a few questions, but we'll, we'll try and struggle through. Um, and yeah, we're recording 9pm um, Sunday night. So uh, yeah,
1: it will only be um,
0: active for a little while before the, the next round of games.
1: Yep. Thick and fast. Got a properly Christmassy feel to it, doesn't it? Let's just go through the game week updates then and figure out how we did. I mean, very similar, Nick. I think I beat you by one, didn't I? That Kulisevsky assist today was the one that kind of brought you closer. Whereas last night you were a little bit kind of like, oh, I don't really know if I'm going to be able to get anywhere near this week.
0: Yeah, so 75 points all out for me, which, which is a green arrow. So that's good. So climbed up a little bit in terms of my rank after the two poor performances the last couple of weeks is it's a sizable green arrow, which is also nice. But I think when when you look at sort of the mini leagues and the Twitter templates and a lot of our leagues, it's very average actually in terms of the score. So not, not too exciting in terms of the mini league, but if you're concentrating and focusing on overall rank, gone from sort of 900 K to 500 K. So I can't complain too much with that sort of increase. Uh, But yeah, in terms of the stars for me, I think, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold obviously with a 17-pointer and Diaz. It was just a bit mad, wasn't it? And we, were at, we were at the wedding and literally like the Liverpool match was on at the same time as the wedding and just to see that's it's 9-0 now and Salah still haven't scored. We, we, I think we were just both in shock a little bit. And then yeah, um, yeah and I think we're Obviously frustrated by both having double Manchester City clean sheets and the one pointers we got from I got Cocello and Walker one pointers and mm. and just I've just got abject fury at uh, Danny Ward's one pointer as well. But the highlight, I guess, for us was um, was that Gabriel nine pointer after he got that late goal, which um, we we we've both got actually got told off for a little bit for celebrating that at the dinner table dinner table. <laughs> so I would stop talking about FPL, even though it was like a. A massive big big moment for us to get that Gabriel goal because so, we were away from we tripled up on the Gabriels as well. So, as I said, very similar teams. My, uh, my main differential, as you said, was Kunsevsky. As uh, he got his six pointer, uh, got an assist, uh, quite involved last night actually. Um, and i had been thinking about selling him, but he was heavily involved in the in the game tonight. And I'm lucky to get um more than the assist, I nearly had a couple of chances and a couple more assists he could have got. So, 75 points all in all. Um pretty decent, pretty decent green arrow, so yeah, we'll we'll move on from there.
1: Yeah, no fair play. Um, I was very similar, so 76, one point more than you, up to 145k now from about 200k last week. Some sort of progress, but a very sort of, you know, muted progress with gains really flatlining now. I feel like this week the template again did fairly well, but it was in a different way uh, to game weeks one and two as the guys like Diaz and Trent as Nick flagged helped kind of raise that beige flag higher, I guess. It was unusual, wasn't it? Because I was all out on Saturday. You know, that very rarely happens where one day you have your entire FPL action and you're sat there on the Sunday just waiting to see how much your rank gets eroded. And I guess it just shows how bunched up we all are that Perisic, Kane, I don't think there were that many players active in the first, in the earlier games. I'd be like, obviously Neto didn't get that. assist. got chalked off. That would have hurt a bit more. But Perisic and Kane, basically, in the four o'clock game, meant my rank more than doubled, uh, which is just just ridiculous, really, that a a few kind of effective points on me caused that to happen. But, yeah, I mean, it was was an odd experience as well, uh, as Nick just referenced, being at a wedding and the ceremony being slap bang in the middle of the 3 p.m. So we had no eyes on what was happening, and it was only when we turned on our phones afterwards that we saw what had happened with the 9-0, and it's it's just ridiculous, really. I mean, Given Salah's expected goal involvement in the game, FB ref has him at one point four XGI for the game, and what I've seen since. So watch match of the day. The guy had four or five assist in the assist the moments, as well as sitters missed. You've you've got to chalk that was bad luck, haven't you? And count yourself fortunate if you're like us that Jesus Blank Two and Hallen's EO, where I was, was actually under hundred percent. So I actually made gains, albeit again very small ones for that hat trick, but. That Gabriel Magalhães goal uh, was was very, very good. I think that was kind of the key differentiator. Um, I did Eze, uh, Eze uh, to Aronson last minute, uh, rather than the 4.5 million forward shuffle I mentioned on the last pod, purely because Zaha was ruled out for Palace. So I thought, yeah, you know what? that maybe elevates the opportunity for uh, the city clean sheet and also probably means that Palace won't score. Uh, And I thought Aronson was worth it because the next three fixtures for for Leeds are pretty good. But as it was on the day, it cost me four points because Aronson got yellow cards and Ezra got an assist. So, hey, a bit annoying, but it's, it's still progress, I suppose, overall. And just to say, too, that Lucy and I have exactly the same number of points as well right now. Just to... Again, magnify how similar teams are. And yeah, we'll definitely come back to that uh, in just a little bit as well in the questions. First, though, at uh, the Mid League update, before we go into the market forces, we'd love the email from listener Danny on how to remember the Mid League code. It is J x x x e or just use Triple X. Easy. Quite a few movers and shakes in the league this week. Uh, up top at the moment, it's Glasgow Egypt with King Bongo. A 95 point week this week uh, for, for the King. Uh, he did harden to Kane, so a big swinging dick move. It wasn't actually as good as it could have been. I think he could have got over 100 if he'd done that, but never mind. Um, but yeah, still, 95 points, don't complain. Up to second from 53rd, you've got someone who's whose name is, is in Chinese characters. I recognize some of the characters, but my Chinese reading isn't what it used to be. I've got to do some Google Translating here. But you get a third language on the pod today. So this is Tieguo Menmian with their team, Ba Bai, Liu Xiu Ba, Bao Ye, which loosely translates as Iron Pot Stewed Noodles uh, with 868 pack nights. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. But whoever they are, they're up to second in the mid-league, 53rd, 98 points. In third, Mayor Optics, uh, Tajiri Mayeron, 79 points for him, uh, for them. In fourth, up twenty 22nd, HK Howie and also Mo Salad Athletic, Markham Reynolds, both from the 300-point mark already, uh, 81 and 84 for them, respectively. Down to Sip uh, from third last week, Samson Andrew. He's joined there by Chris Cullen, the Ingate Zone FC. Ingate Zone Essex, that's very close to where me and Nick are from. Uh, they're both on 299 209 points. And also Gary Mayo, sorry, Kayser Arsela, uh, 81 points for Gary this week. And in joint ninth, rounding off the top 10, it's Rudy Massias, Alpax on the pitch, and why always me, Alex Dunphy who both have come up from 38th and 16th respectively to find their way into the top 10 this week. Next up, it's the market forces. I mean, literally, as Nick said, the game week ended about two or three hours ago, but I'm guessing that there's a lot going on in the market right now.
0: Yeah, always action in the market. And uh, yeah, it's, it's all about Erling Haaland, of course, after his hat-trick. Um, At the weekend, everyone's bringing him in. If you don't own him, obviously, he's looking pretty critical. um, And they've got Forrest at home up next. So, that's going to be another massive fixture um, for Manchester City and for Haaland. So, now he's got six goals in in four games. And and you just know that this guy, he's got the potential to break all the records, hasn't he? Um, So... Yeah, it feels like a critical guy to have in our teams. Everyone's bringing him in. Now up to 65% ownerships so getting very, very high as well. Otherwise, it's also Luis Diaz who's also being heavily brought in. So obviously Salah blanked, but Diaz, he, he got a couple of goals and He's looking very underpriced now. When you compare him to Salah, and there are questions about this, um, Diaz is only 8.1 and Salah's 13 million. So maybe a few people are thinking, actually, I can move to Diaz and actually say 4.9 million, I can use to invest in the rest of my team where you to do a sideways switch. And that's what we're seeing, actually, in terms of the sales. Obviously, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but 233,000 transfers out for Salah. He's the second most transferred out player. This game week, the most transferred out is actually Zinchenko with 307,000 transfers out. He didn't play the weekend. Um, I believe that's was due to injury, so he might be back. He's yellow flagged at the moment, but maybe people using that again for an opportunity to do a sideways switch and save some money because one of the um, most transferred in defenders right now or the most transferred in defender, actually, is uh, his teammate Saliba, who's only 4.6 million. And he picked up another assist as well. So he's now had a golden assist. Um, so seven points for him in the Fulham game and, and looking like a real bargain, perhaps, in our defence. Um, and
1: a nailed-on option for, for Arsenal as well. Saliba! Do, 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 do. Yes, yes, no, looking very good indeed. Obviously, I think last week I was thinking about maybe moving on Uh, Gabriel to Saliba to find myself 0.4, but I I decided to leave it two points up on that this week, obviously last week uh, with the goal for Saliba. I can see why people are looking at him and thinking, yeah, he's the 4.5 to own. And of course, if the season were to start again, I think we'd all be on Saliba rather than Gabriel, but it is what it is. um, And I can see why people are bringing him in. Uh, Interesting that people are actually selling Cancelo uh, after getting subbed in the 60th minute. I mean, we know that Cancelo... what he can offer as an individual in terms of uh, those attacking points versus as well as the defensive points. I'm surprised to see so many people have are, are kind of getting rid right now. I can only imagine it's due to a restructure to try to fit the likes of Diaz or, and Holland in, especially if you haven't um, you know, bought Robertson or something like that, if you haven't got Robertson to sell or something like that. And also, I'm surprised to see that Luca, uh, Luca Tony, that's definitely not Luca Tony, Ivan Tony has been sold so heavily as well, 110,000 transfers out for him. I mean, just looking at the fixtures to come, Palace, Leeds, Southampton, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Newcastle. In fact, pretty much all the way into the World Cup, there's nothing really that worries me about uh, Tony's fixtures and apart from Man City away on the, in game week 16. So a very, very strange uh, turn of events there. That can only just be people who bought him in last week. And so he hasn't done anything just gone, yeah, I'm selling him straight away. Or, you know, maybe he he's the way that people get to Holland. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? It seems like these early frustrations. And we saw actually last week, Trent Alexander-Arnold being heavily sold and then clearly he massively punished to Sellers this week with that huge return. So you can kind of see that happening again with Cancelo to a certain extent. Um, he got something in the 60th minute, so he, he should be fre- fresher for the Forest game at home. And if he gets a haul there, you know, he... He could easily punish those sellers, and it and it kind of leans in, I guess, to our conversation or at least our first sort of question of the day, doesn't it, Tom? Which um, is from um, our fellow pod host uh, Lucy Hynett.
1: Yep, uh, Lucy writes in from the beach to ask: Are we in danger of over-managing our teams? And you know, as you said, Nick, there's definitely an element of that seems to be. I, I don't know whether the less engaged managers, shall we say, are are causing a lot of the initial market movements. It, it might be with a couple of those moves being made. But we're definitely at a time in many teams where you're looking at you know your side next week and thinking, I can just turn out the same team again and probably get you know, 70, 80 points if all if, if I've got a fair wind. I, I'm personally I personally can't remember Nick a situation where I've gotten to game week four and I've only made changes in one position. Which is basically the least important one, which is the eleventh man, effectively, you know, the five point five million mid spot, which is just pure vibes, um and that I guess can precipitate an impulse to properly shape things up. Because you see on Twitter, you hear content creators talking about how glacial change is perceived to be, how straightforward FPL seems to be right now, and how we all basically have the same team as you just kind of inferred. And I think in, this scenario, in, a, in a scenario like this, where risks can and will lead leave you down on the initial gamble they have to be calculated and that calculus as we spoke about last week in the data pod is currently based on sifting sands where you know the informational inputs i guess they're going into those decisions are are a bit dodgy aren't they i mean what do you think about this nick i mean do you think people are um feeling those urges to overmanage and um how are you are, are you are you feeling them are you are you looking to make big changes this week
0: I think there's certainly a lot of managers who who don't really need to make changes because I think at the start of the season, before even game week one, there was kind of a clear way of structuring your team and almost covering like the top six and and not needing to kind of have extra characters in there. I think the only player I had in my game week one team that wasn't a top six uh, player or top five or whatever was was the goalkeeper. The rest of my squad was made up of um, Spurs, Liverpool, Manchester City and Arsenal players. And that was quite easy to do. And you had Arsenal with their fixtures at the start of the season, all very, very nice fixtures. And they had some, you know, discounted assets, ultimately. You know, Gabriel Martinelli, six million. What a bargain he was. He, he fitted right into the, my uh, my starting 11. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, I didn't own him in game week one. But again, eight million seems like a, a, a real underpricing there for what, for what he can offer. Uh, and then in defence as well, five million for the likes of uh, Gabriel and also got Walker in my team for 5 million you know Manchester City defender he'd had a price drop from last year uh, Diaz and Tudasevsky both 8 million midfielders. builders Diaz again another player looking like he's going to be massively overpriced and you, you fit in your two two men Salah Haaland you, you've got your team into or you know like like Reese James or whatever in defense and Trent and Cancelo and then there's, there's nothing else to change and and That's pretty much set you up for the for the first sort of few weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I do think that things will change, but I can see why you know pricing has come under question. Like a few players are such ridiculous value, which which I I do think is in pursuit of allowing people to pick all of their favourite players in the same team. That you you look at it and you kind of think, oh, you know, uh, it, it it does mean that things do feel a bit static i mean i do think things will change um I, I think that at the moment you've also got a scenario where kind of a few prominent individuals influence in the community have gone against the template hasn't worked out well for them not criticizing i totally understand the prerogative and um, but that that's led to reactions that fbi obviously is kind of you know supremely straightforward and the logic seems to be that if everyone had followed the template we'd all be doing okay. Um, but if you don't, it's you know a, it's a kind of a, a valorous thing to do, which is, I understand where that comes from. It can just kind of create this sort of wider impact where people kind of think, oh, FPL is just too easy now. Well, I'm not too sure about that at the moment. I do think what we've seen early in this campaign, though, is that the prior edge that a lot of people used to have in terms of specific data, the I test or whatever, is is now lost a bit. As that information is disseminated more widely, and knowledge is broadcasted amongst the engaged player base, which then seeps through to the unengaged, you know, I still I see people like my cousin who don't, don't really pay any attention to all of the, the meta stuff that we're all interested in has a very similar team to me because he's just seen you know loads of other people have got this sort of these sort of players in, they tend to have started doing things, so he's kind of shaped his team around that as well. But I do think things will change, you know we will find something that shape that kind of means that we're kind of forced to to make a decision and you'll have people going going down route a and route b and you know, patience is a virtue. I don't have much of it, but it's bloody useful in situations like these where your team is actually doing all right and doing something drastic may not be the way to go. Uh, So yeah, basically the temptation is to overmanage like arguably I did this week doing as Aronson, but it's an consequential spot and I don't really mind. And there's this element, I think, of having to fight off those impulses within yourself to remain clear-eyed about what happens sort of next. Um, Anything else to say on that one, Nick, or move on to the next?
0: Yeah, yeah I, think, I think I've think i seen a lot of people talking online as well about sort of burning transfers and, and not knowing what to do with their teams. And I think, you know, there, there's a case for burning transfers. You don't need to always make changes. It's not necessary. And if you're if you're happy with your team, if you've got that set up and it's not broken, then there's no need to fix it. I mean, there's always... As you said, there's kind of extra things you can do. You can tidy your bench. You can bring in your stands, fields, your Pereiras, or or even your likes of Emersons, who's now a four million defender that's now an option, and and that's something obviously you can do. But I've I've seen people worry about players not playing this week the rotation. and rotation. as if there's nothing concrete out there, then don't worry about it and just just continue on. And and yeah, if it's working out for you, that's excellent. You just 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 don't need to overmanage it and continue your holidays and, and sit on the beach and just pick
1: your captain and, and move on. I think that's what I'm going to be looking at doing this week. We'll, get, we'll get, get to that later, but yeah, absolutely. Our next question actually does link to that. So Alan at FPL Diagnostic says, now all our teams look exactly the same and there's a likely mass movement to wildcard in game week nine. Are there any gains to be had in the next couple of weeks or is it just us wading in the sea of grey arrows? And is there a case to wildcard earlier uh, to get ahead? So... I guess we kind of discuss, I guess, what it's like at the moment. I can understand that. Um, linking to the last question, though, really, and moving it on in terms of using the wildcard, my question is, what are you actually wildcarding to? Like, I saw a few thrown around this week. I mean, yeah, I've been kind of drinking beer and lying on the beach, as Nick said, a lot this week. Um, but for the ones that I've seen, I've been kind of looking at them, and thinking, yeah. I mean, there's only two or three differences from the side that I've got. Now I appreciate that I've had an okay start. So if you haven't had an okay start, you're kind of trying to catch up. So yeah, I completely understand that. It's just that I'm not sure if there's the options there at the moment to really properly differentiate if you do wildcard or people haven't quite grasped the way in which that could be done. So you know something like going through Ster- going for sterling, getting rid of salary altogether. Those sorts of things are probably what you you could do, ironically, given the fact that the, quite a few high prefer wild cards have been to bring salad back. And um, if you think, basically, there's a material advantage to be gained through wild carding at a certain point when the herd isn't, and you're convinced, I'd never stop you, Alan. It's the fact, you know, there's often safety in numbers, so going alone is risky, but the early bird does catch the worm and all that. And as I mentioned, uh, my friend at Pras FPL, uh, wrote in the summer we should have a low bar to wildcard in the season at least in the early year in in the early months I do think it's on the horizon for me I just don't have a clear enough picture of what the wildcard looks like yet but I can see myself doing it just to kind of tie the up around the edges because I think linking back to what Nick was saying about get these players in that's basically your team I don't see a lot of those players actually changing too much over the course of the campaign Uh, what do you think about this one Nick uh, in terms of wildcarding earlier perhaps
0: yeah, so I think in terms of what he mentioned about the grey era, I think that's, I consider that to be a little bit of a myth, really. The whole idea that we've all got the same team. I think there's a little bit of a, a Twitter template bubble or certain mini leagues bubble out there. And actually, there's always a battlefield out there. There's always gains to be made and, and slight differences that will be critical to your team, even if it is just driven by one or two members that perhaps are slightly lower owns and and also just in terms of that you know the gap between sort of the top 100k and, and 1 million it's not a lot at the moment but that will just continue to extend and extend week in week out the gap between the top 100k the gap between the top 1 million is just going to grow and grow and grow as that kind of template forms and and sort of the people with those players who are doing well at the top continue to extend their league and And you can kind of go for those different options out there. You can go for a wild card and say, actually, I'm going to mix things up. I'm going to get Kane and Sterling in. And and maybe you can compete in some levels when those players do do well. But, you know, you're always going to be faced and you can get, you can always get caught out by those highly owned players and more template picks. So it's, it's a very, it's a very dangerous game to kind of play if you were to kind of wild card and kind of go a different route just to kind of, avoid being a a grey wader so to speak
1: yeah i I guess the the gambit is that you get enough game weeks which go your way versus the template over kind of an immediate term i think you'll probably be looking at to justify the wild card and and having gone that way on the wild card it's a tough one to do i I understand why you'd be doing it for example not going with harland like like mr southerns did i completely understand why he did it it's just when when you see the outcomes you kind of can't help but think, oh, as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, the thought process kind of makes sense. It's just it it, it hasn't helped that much to to make such a such, such such a large gamble. Um, I I just don't know about this one. It's definitely it's definitely quite a tough one. The wild card early on this season, given how strong the quote unquote template has started, I I see where it's coming from. But given how strong the template has started, it, it's very difficult to to see right now, because I have not crystal ball, when we're going to start to kind of think things are going to fall apart a bit. Like in the past, I think it's been kind of game weeks, kind of five, six, seven, where you've kind of started to think, oh, hey, you know what? I can probably get rid of this guy and really start to mix it up. So I think, I think we'll see that going forward. And um, in terms of the current setups though, uh, Rishi, FPL Raccoon, our friend from Canada, asked where we can find money in the current setup to do something different. And um I think we can link in here a uh, goalkeeper transfers too. That's my favorite. So FPL Amrabat asks if if it's worth moving his Ramsdale down to a Sanchez with one free transfer just to free up some money, basically, or is burning a transfer the better play? I mean, what do you think about this one, Nick? Is there anywhere that you'd be thinking you could scrimp and save?
0: Yeah, so it's interesting actually in terms of where there's value. And you know, some of those value picks are already in the core template. Um, you know, we've, I mentioned earlier the Arsenal contingent, which are all very good value. But what's, what's actually interesting is that we talk about big at the back, but there, I, think, I think there's a way of actually playing big at the back without even spending too much money at the back, if, if that kind of makes sense. Right. So you can go, you can go, you can go big at the back and, and still have value at the back. So an example, of this would be the Fafana move. Is I don't know if it's happened yet. I don't think it has, but that would be a Chelsea defender potentially nailed on at 4.4 million. So essentially you're getting that, all that kind of value from Chelsea defence, but you're not spending much money at all there. And um, the other one obviously is who we talked about, Saliba, 4.6 million. You know, you, you you could make quite a significant saving were you to kind of go for like a, a defence and have Fafana and Saliba as two of your key men. And that could allow you to kind of fit in, you know, a De Bruyne or a Son or something like that without having to sacrifice your Salah or your, or your Haaland. So you could almost fit in a, a third midfield premium by kind of making some savings at the back, but still having those big teams, Chelsea and Arsenal covered for clean sheets and, and potential returns from those defenders as well. So that's another option. The other option, we'll talk about Salah, and, um, Salah a little bit, obviously it's Diaz and whether Diaz can cover Salah and save five million that way. That's a whole separate kettle of fish. Um, just quickly covering the goalkeeper question before we move back on to you, Tom. So I think you know, if you lost for decisions, I think the goalkeeper changes isn't the worst idea. It's something I'm needing to sort out myself because I've got Tony Ward and I hate him. Um but I don't necessarily think that um send, uh, getting rid of Ramsdale is the best decision right now, to be honest. I think looking at their next game, Aston Villa, they've been pretty, pretty damn poor. Um, so there's a good chance of clean sheet there. Brighton started excellently as we all know they are facing Fulham who have Mitrovic leading the line it's not the same Fulham as old this is a Mitrovic who's got 43 goals and 44 appearances already 4 and 4 in the Premier League and in terms of actual odds if you were to look at the odds um, Arsenal have a better chance supposedly according to the bookies of keeping a clean sheet than Brighton so if you were to do that move you're kind of you're betting against the house to a certain extent to back the Brighton clean sheet over the Arsenal clean sheet that you know if you are looking at Burning a transfer instead, then you know you always can weigh up the option and look, try and consider what you'd spend that extra money on. If you can make that 0.5 million saving from turning Ramsdale to Sanchez or 0.4 million, whatever it is, then um, by all means. But if you don't have a, anywhere else you're planning on spending that money at this moment in time, then it's maybe just save it, keep it down the road for later on.
1: Yeah, so maybe burn it and get rid of it. All right, got you. Um, so R- Rishi's question, I, 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 I see where that's coming from. I think it really depends on what your notion of this kind of current template is. I do think that throughout, assuming you're thinking of the top home players, these players are boringly template for a reason. And linking back to what I've already said, it may be the case that moving them on could do more harm to your team than good. Um, As Nick said, you can find your way to freemium heaven uh, via the likes of Fafana and Saliba. I do think Saliba is ace, but I don't know on Fafana versus James or maybe even Kukurea. Um, This is because, paradoxically, I think Fafana will actually make James better because that will mean that James hopefully has a better chance of playing right wing back every week because they finally got a centre back. So even though Fofana is great value in himself, I think he helps a premium become better. Obviously, you get those sort of clean sheet, that clean sheet coverage. But I think that Fofana is basically akin to signing Hayden Christensen, Hayden Christensen, Andreas Christensen, uh, like last year. Um, I think just in general, Rishi, I'm, I'm basically waiting for an injury or a random dropping at the moment. There just doesn't seem anything too disruptive to the template right now. And as we said a second ago, in, t- in answer to Lucy's question, I think forcing it probably isn't the best thing to do. Um, I'll bring in the question from Joe here, FPL Amrabat, asked about moving Sanchez uh, Ramsdale to Sanchez with one free transfer, or is it burning a better play? Um, honestly, it, the question that it comes down to is, what are you doing with that money, Joe? Why do I say that? Well, very small sample size, four game weeks. But Ramsdale has kept two clean sheets in four. Sanchez has kept three but he's been very lucky in doing so. So there's that Sinistera miss this week, for example. And I know it's a small sample, but over the last three, over the last four, um, he's, he's actually got an XGA of four goals, with just one conceded. So he can count over a bit lucky there, versus an XGA of Arsenal for 2.8 over the last four and two clean sheets. So the numbers suggest, very small sample size uh, the defense for arsenal is better as you probably guess qualitatively too looking at the relative difference with the two sides one's you know gunning for the top six one's will really gunning for the top 10 so it really comes down to what you need the money for um that 0.6 0.4 could make a difference sure but how convinced are you that sanchez outscores ram over the next few i think the fixtures for both sides are still pretty decent It's just if you you may need that 0.4 and if you're doing it just as kind of like putting money in the bank for a rainy day, I kind of think shuffle elsewhere or burn the transfer at the moment. I really do think that because the numbers seem to suggest that Brighton are due to concede a little bit more than they happen. Right. Um, as Nick mentioned, a couple of questions on Salah. Let's take uh, Ian Lamberton's one. Um, he asks if it's now time to go without Mo. So Diaz, Trent and Nunez, he says, went back. Went back Could be the goatee free, with Haaland, Jesus and Nunez all potentially working as captain options in a Salah-less side. Uh, what do you think about this one, Nick? Are you a Salah devotee, or are you open to being in the Egyptian king at some <laughs> have point? A, have a guess.
0: Have a guess. <laughs> I'm a devotee <laughs> at, this, at this moment in time. I'm not going to be selling him. So in terms of the Liverpool game, you know, ultimately 9-0, Salah didn't get a single return at all. You know, that in my view is a freak result. Um, flashbacks, obviously, to the Habits, um game with Norwich. But uh, it's one that I think the non-owners actually massively got away with one there. Um, and I think any return would have punished them completely there so in terms of all the Liverpool picks I think Salah he is the most consistent for me and he remains the most reliable of all the Liverpool picks that are available right now with Nunes, I have no interest in him at all personally um, I uh, kind of see him as a bit of a clown for losing his cool so easily and, and head-butting a player, and that showed a lack of discipline. Obviously, he's going to learn from his mistakes. He's a new player to the Premier League, young player, all of that good stuff. Maybe he'll come in and enter the template in the future, but certainly Firmino um, showed that he still has a place within the Liverpool squad and a future at Liverpool with his performance there as well. So we'll see how it works with Nunes and, and how he gets reintegrated after Serving his time, his suspension, um, and obviously he's very, very talented footballer. I'm sure he's got you know a very bright future ahead of him at Liverpool. But I'm, I don't think I'm ready to kind of look at him right now as an option. I think Trent, um, he's in that team, obviously, but he has been inconsistent of late and shown defensive frailties that can be exposed. Um, and he got his first return of the season, so he hasn't shown that consistency up until now where obviously he dominated and showed that he can get massive returns, but is he a captain pick? i hope you could trust him with the captain option compared to giving it to Mo week in, week out. And then, you know, when, when you look at the XG, Salah really should have put a chance away at 1.21 XG compared to the rest of the team, which had an XG of 1.99. So, you know, as I said, non-owners might have been celebrating and very kind of happy that Salah blanked and all of that good stuff. But, you know, where where was that money spent? I haven't seen the non-owners do particularly well in comparison of not owning Salah because where you know who did they spend that money on all that money that they did they had without sending Salah? was was it Son was it KDB those guys didn't do anything themselves so it wasn't like there was lots of space and areas to spend all that extra money you had from not owning Salah, all that extra five million I still think we've got the budget to have this guy in our team and there's not there's not a list of replacements that we'd spend that extra money on. So I think there's still plenty of space for him. And if, if Salah, just because of ownership, if Salah buried one of one or two of those chances for the non-owners, there would have been tears again. Um, he still also tops all of the stats with all the key metrics. So not owning Salah, great. You might've got, you know, a couple of extra points above the template average, so to speak. But uh, owning him, and Salah returns, and not you know getting screwed over by not owning him, then you'd have been heavily, heavily punished, and and there was a strong chance that happening. So the nine 0 would live. Salah not getting anything was just a freak result ultimately, and he's still on penalties as well, which is key as to why I'm keeping him.
1: Yeah, I'm still processing the shock of uh, finding that out ridiculous Um. yeah no, i agree with the majority of that um i think nunez remains a bit of an unknown like you know some fabulous data but it was he's not been on the field long enough to draw anything near a satisfactory conclusion from that i guess you know going forward if you're trying to project um, you might find the four million difference in terms of nunez to salah help spread the cost a bit and also you know could open the door to other characters like son sterling or even bruno fernandez Entering your team from the peripheries of FPL, so maybe that's a way you may find you may find um, to give yourself something different. If especially if you're not doing particularly well, and um, same as Nick, I, I simply don't know if I've seen enough in terms of Nunez. Yes, beyond the hype. Which is very strong, or was very strong. It's just something that I'd be quite suspicious of too. So yeah, I, I'm I'm still you know happy to keep Salah at the moment. The underlying data is still there. Uh, we're so straight laced these days, aren't we, Nick? Of I don't think well. I am anyway. Uh, in the past, I may have been like, yeah, you know, just just get him. But I think I've I've definitely kind of seen the error of my ways, or at least just been buried by by the error of, of similar ways. I've turned you into a dallad ultimately. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, next one mounts out. So FPL cousin Greg asked for help with his mountain catastrophe. Does he move across to another eight million or go somewhere like Rodrigo or Gross? And uh, FPL doggo also asks, you know, can Rodrigo keep this up? Now the eight million squat, the eight million slots. I think were fascinating from the very beginning. Like we we're all salivating out uh, over them at the beginning of the season, weren't we? And trying to fit as many as we could in our teams. I think you have got two, haven't you, Nick? And and now it really feels like, you know, Diaz has been doing the business. I've got two returns and four. And the rest have been pretty quiet. And um, I'd certainly be looking like Greg, or cousin Greg uh, says, uh, looking at Rodrigo or maybe Jack Harrison. If you're into these, they've got a decent next three. And yes, maybe Gross or my talisman tip, Crossard at Brighton, if you want to sell off the price point altogether. Annoyingly, there's no Brentford solid pick or i'd also be citing one of those um I, i'm assuming as well you've already got diaz or, or that kind of looks quite straightforward to me But yes i think at the moment i'd be divesting the 8 million pick other than diaz uh nick you're you've got kulu and diaz are, are you looking at keeping the two 8 million slots or divesting one of them
0: so yeah i'm currently got um kulevsky in my team alongside luis diaz I think Kulisevsky, I was actually planning on selling him. I think I might still go ahead with that. And the main reason for that is actually to sort out my goalkeeper situation. So I've still got Ward in goal at uh, 4 million and I don't have any money in the bank and I can't keep the guy on the team any longer. So I think I might still sell Um he, he did pretty well tonight. He, he was quite quiet in game week two and game week three not much involvement at all so and I was a little bit concerned about Richardson waiting in the wings as well but even if Richardson starts next week it, it could be for Son just because Son um, is kind of looking a little bit out of form uh, but um I think yeah I think with Kulishevsky I, I might move him on even though he had a, a brilliant game week one for me I think um the players I'm looking at, I think Rodrigo obviously is a very interesting option. Um, started excellent for Leeds, thanks for the first time of the season, but um, still in terms of the online stats, he's kind of leading the metrics in terms of goal with him so far. This is 18 shots side the box. Plenty of goals coming his way. Uh, good, you know, good option, of course. But I'm actually I'm actually leaning more towards the Brighton midfielders right now. Um, just, just to, Before I move on to Brighton, just to cover Mount, I've said, I said in the pods, sort of game week one, actually, that he was outshone by a defender in his team. I think it still remains the case. I think for Chelsea, coverage are much better with James or Kukurea. And I think Mount's not proving his worth in terms of an FPO asset. So I would probably say it's time to move on and, and downgrade him. But yeah, I think Rodrigo's definitely an option there. I think I'm actually looking towards the Brighton midfielders um, in the battle between Brighton and Leeds. Brighton, Brighton won this week. But um, it's uh, it's between Trussard and Gross um, in terms of who I'd pick. And I'm actually, you know, I'm actually really considering Trossard actually over Gross. So, Gross um, outscoring Trossard this season, and Gross has the second highest XGI in the game right now, 2.89. But that's for me still a bit of a small sample size. And I think he's had some extremely clear cut chances that have really contributed to that. And then, actually, in terms of taking away from XG and looking at goal attempts, Trossard's had um, 11 goal attempts compared to Gross's six. And when you extrapolate that as well a little bit and look at other stats like penalty box touches, Trossard's had 25 compared to Gross. So Trossard's actually in terms of the heat maps, he's spending more time in the box and spending more time touching the ball in the box. So I think Trossard at the end of the season will have the higher XG and that's actually also reflected when I did a comparison between the two from last season. So looking back over the last year, um, Trussard averaged sort of five penalty box touches a game compared to Gross with 2.2, a goal every 348 minutes compared to 1,024 for Gross and a higher XG of 0.2 compared to Gross' 0.1 even with the XGI, so Gross sort of wins on the chance created chance um, stats because he takes all the corners and stuff like that set pieces for, for Brighton even with having the XGI, Trussard still had a higher XGI of last season 0.4 rather than 0.3 of course there is a price element to it um, so, Trossard is more expensive, it's an FPO asset. But for me, I can afford to kind of downgrade Kuussevski to someone like Trossard and then have plenty of money still to sort out of the goalkeeper situation as well. So, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards in terms of who I'm targeting. And Brighton, I think, in general, started really, really well and um, got some good fixtures still coming out them, Leicester, or with Crystal Palace next four. Or so, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm I'm going in my head, at least in terms of who I'm picking for sort of the, the midfield replacement.
1: Yeah, fair play, you know, I I um, tips Trossard pretty heavily in Talisman theory, so I'd like I'd like nothing more than uh, Leo to to step up this season and become the new Bowen. Is that going to happen? Oh, who knows. But uh, it'd be very very nice for Talisman theory if it does happen. Uh, penultimate question: FPL deadly Ledley with the upcoming closure of Bristol Zoo in mind. Who in FPL can be referred to as an animal these days? Happy to extend, he says, into different worlds of uh, for creatures, such as things like spider-like goalkeeping. So who comes to mind? I, I, I don't really know. Um, I guess magic zoology, we can go into Haaland having the gate of a cave troll. Um, Aronson at Leeds with the pressing energy, you know, like a working spaniel or something like that. Uh, James Ward-Prowse, you know, probably one of those sort of you know prime wagoners, sort of you know consistent workhorses. But the prize one, who's perennially fit and young enough to lead the pack, and he will have like a young warhorse, an old warhorse like uh like Milner alongside him. And I think maybe you know, I was thinking like you know a cat, maybe a you is know, like a cat. We always said you know there's always a goalkeeper like that, like. Because Mellier last year was top for saves, wasn't he? But having seen Denders's Dean Henderson's pen save from Kane earlier on, I'm thinking maybe you kind of say, uh, Dean Henderson reflexes like a cat. But yeah, uh, interesting question. Any comes to mind for you, Nick? I'll just just stick on my uh, libelous
0: um, activity and and say that maybe Danny Ward's a bit like a seal and just flapping around, unable to catch a ball and stop it from going into the back of the net. I'm just... As you said, four four points from four FPL games compared to Sanchez's twenty six. Just, I, I never would have thought it'd be the, the goalkeeper position where there's such pain so far. But so certainly, lots of um, imagery could be created as well from from Harland and this kind of, you know, he, just a, just an absolute mountain of a figure, isn't he? Such a he's essentially a, a young Zlatan.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Hench. Right, okay, uh, back to FPL. Uh, Mark, FL Positivity, uh, final question this week. A nice segue into transfers and captains. With a quick turnaround, and seeing game weeks, who's the captain pick this week? Now, I guess this is one of those where I looked at the fixtures uh, when I opened up the bus team and put it on the Harland, obviously, home against Oscombe Forest, and then rolled my eyes because what's going to happen now? Just an abundance of pep guessing. It's about to commence, and I mean, frankly, we all want to land the caps in the starts versus Forest. Feasibly, City need to keep getting points, so why not start early? he also kind of got subbed off early uh, this week, but that's just not to say anything really. I mean, Alvarez is worthy in rating. I mean, there'll be all sorts of usual predict Pep nonsense surrounding kind of the way Pep sets up against teams like Forest. Um, but I'll certainly be checking Emma. i jump the wave and see what the predictors say. But I feel like it's just stabbing in the dark. I, I really do. And if there's any kind of information that says that that I trust, that uh, says that Haaland probably, probably won't be starting this, I'll be tempted to look at Cancelo, actually, this week. I'm hoping it's not been naughty steps because he was withdrawn dead on 60 when they were chasing the game. Um, but I feel like I, I Haaland's obviously the standout. Or landing a City player in the, that game's the standout. I kind of, I kind of wish I had Gundawa actually because he came off. He came on as a sub, and he's probably the likeliest to start that one. Yeah, interesting. I suppose most people will go on Haaland. It's just as I said, the stabbing in the dark. But I think the City games on the Wednesday. That Pep's feeling in the charitable Charles mood that day. Uh, what about you, Nick? Is it Harland too?
0: Yeah, I've gone Harland. I think. I don't know, but I think after scoring a hat-trick, he's going to want to play as much as possible. You see a young player, plenty of energy. Uh, I can't see him reacting well to the concept of being benched after a hat-trick. You want, you want to keep playing. Your player is very informed, and performing, and I expect him to start, and I expect him to do very well in the next game. So I'll probably be giving him the armband for the first time this season, and, and um, got Jesus' advice. So I think Jesus is a, another really good option, actually. Uh, and he's been probably have an FX ownership of over 100. So um, I will be hoping he blanks yet again. So yeah. um, that will be my arm oh man pick. In terms of chances, as I've said, I've got a couple free. Probably going to look to move Kudasevsky and not just a, I say up Ward it's, it's probably going to be Iverson actually leaves the team um, and bring in, as I said, quite like Trossard. So I bring in Trossard in midfield, possibly double up on the Brighton actually go for Sanchez as well. Um, in terms of their, the goalkeeper pick.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Um, I don't really know what I'm gonna do because my team looks good. I've still got two free transfers. Uh, so I might I may finally do that Archer to Stansfield now, just because I bugger all I want to do. I'm quite happy with my team as it is. Like, you know, I'm not sending Edison before Nottingham Forest at home, I don't think. For example, I'm sure he's gonna concede now I've said that. And yeah, it's it's just just keep marching on really and i'm kind of quite glad i'm on holiday so i don't have to think about it just kind of let it be um and if i burn the transfer then so what so what right so well i think that's your lot i've got to go to bed uh, hopefully i can get this away off uh, and done very very quickly hopefully that was useful uh thanks nick uh the next pod i'll just solo something i think next thursday when i go back to london Given again the really short turnaround time
0: Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'll be going to bed soon as well because I'm completely knackered after a (laughs) long day travelling and a late night last night. So I hope hope you guys found this interesting anyway. And uh, yeah, um, not sure when I'll be next on the pod sometime soon whenever Lucy has a next holiday or maybe before that. So we'll we'll, we'll, uh, figure that all out. But thanks everyone for listening. You know know where to find us on Twitter. And yeah, if you did like the uh, pod, just please give us a a five-star review, um, which we would really appreciate.
1: Oui, merci beaucoup pour votre écoutes. Donc, we hope we assisted you. Speak soon. Au revoir. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.